how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Excellent. What's with the hat that's hanging on that thing? The cowboy hat. Whose is it? Why is it there? It's a straw hat, ma'am. And I believe it is Justin's. Ryan's friend, Justin. Why does he have a hat at your house? Um, (laughs) In my room. (laughs) Well, this is his room when he's here. Um, it's got their sundown audio logo thing on it. It's I don't Okay, I don't, never mind, I'm I don't out. Know. I don't ask questions anymore. That's a lie. You ask questions I mean, all the time. All the time. And I started watching Shrek. Like, I mean, I hadn't seen it in a really long time. Oh, I was about to say, had you never seen Shrek before? I had seen Shrek and I realized that I am Donkey. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had no idea. Hey guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to a day with murder. from March 22nd, 1997. I have to do that thing where I say the date again right away. Yep. I hate when that happens. Okay. On March 22nd, 1997, police and firefighters responded to what seemed to be a routine call of a home on fire in the small town of St. Casimir in Quebec, Canada. When they arrived, they realized that there was nothing routine about the fire. There were five bodies in the home, and it appeared that the fire had been set deliberately. Even more odd, there were three teenagers, ages 13, 14, and 16 years old, drugged in a shed in the back of the home. Once the police figured out that the home belonged to Didier Quiz, they knew what had happened. This was a continuation of the mass suicides and murders that had claimed the lives of so many members of the Solar Temple cult. And I want to say, before we go any further... All of this information happened in Canada and France and Switzerland, so a lot of it isn't French. It was hard to find a lot of stuff that matched each other, because I think it, yes. a lot of it had been translated from French, so we did our best with this. Okay, good luck. So, good luck. It's a very interesting story, and it deserves to be told, though. And I don't know any of the words, because they're not English, and I can't even pronounce English words, so good luck. Okay. The Order of the Solar Temple, or International Chivalric Organization of the Solar Tradition, was started in 1984 in Geneva, Switzerland by two men, Joseph de Mombro and Luc Jure, him, who we will refer to for the rest of this episode as LJ, because we cannot pronounce that well. <laughs> Yay! De Mombro was born on August 19th, 1924 in Pointe St. You me. do that. You do that crap on purpose. Here, <laughs> let me throw this in here because she won't know what to say. Pensez esprit. Yeah, in France. His dad worked as a manual laborer and his mother was a seamstress. He had two younger siblings, a brother and a sister. He, uh-oh. <laughs> I scrolled too far. She scrolled okay. down too far, guys. <laughs> give her a minute. <laughs> he, ha- uh, he attended a Catholic school and learned to play the violin. In 1944, he married Janine Salted and the two later had a son. What? Did just I not say it? No, you're just so American. <laughs> I mean... I love it. It makes me really happy. What's her name then? I don't know, but I'm sure it's not Janine Salted. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's spelled like. Leave me alone. During this time, he were... <laughs> Are you done? Yes, I'm sorry. How dare I be so American? I've only lived here my whole life. Yeah, I know, okay. it's just funny. <laughs> the two later had a son. During this time, he worked at... A jewelry store and learn clock making but are clocks in the jewelry store i don't 
probably in the 40s it was sort of a similar thing okay you know you got watches repaired at jewelry stores so probably they were like you know we do watches let's just do clocks too oh fair enough there's really big watches <laughs> like um who was that that wore the big thing um uh flavor flav flavor flav that's who it was Clock this is when it started this was the yes. origination of it <laughs> he wasn't even born yet despite being ugh, Despite being a seemingly devout Catholic throughout his childhood, DeMombro began to have an interest in the occult and spiritualism. In 1956, he joined the ancient and mystical order of the Rosé Crucius or the Amoric. A-M-O-R-C. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if we were trying to make that into a word. No, that's just what I was referring to. I, I don't know if it's, it could be Amoric. I just read it in my head while I was doing research as A-M-O-R-C. They are a worldwide brotherhood that claims to have the esoteric wisdom that has been handed down to them from ancient times. They also claim to be connected to the original Knights Templar. If you want more information on them, there's a link in the episode description that gives a good history as it pertains to the Solar Temple. And we didn't want to go too deeply into that because it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And for another thing, we didn't really get it. They seem to not really do anything. (laughs) They have all these claims of having all this wisdom and then... That, not doing that anything was it. with it that was i mean that was same <laughs> i have all this wisdom and i just don't do anything with it that's that's what it is okay, okay. so if y'all want more information on that go to the there's a link in the episode description i think it's bit bitter winter either dot org or dot com and, and they give a lot of um description on the religious background of the cult um, while in the AMORC, DeMombro became well-known as someone who could speak to spirits and see par- parallel war. Wow. <sighs> so many L's. There's so many L's. <laughs> Just in general, in life. <laughs> while in the AMORC, DeMombro became well-known as someone who could speak to spirits and see parallel worlds. He was made leader of a branch in the city of Nimes in the late 60s, but in 1969, he decided to leave and do his own thing. In 1970, he left his job as a jeweler and decided to give his full attention to religion. I, I, I As I read that, I thought, I wonder how his wife and son felt about that. Because <laughs> there's knows? really no mention of those two particular... Well, the son comes up later. Different son. This is Bernard. Oh. oh. The son that comes up later is Eli. Yeah. Yeah. This okay. is a different son. He has more children later, but this... I, I don't know. I, maybe the wife realized something was wrong and got the hell out. So Later. She's like, I got to go. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, so DeMombro began to travel around France and give lectures about the New Age movement. In either 73 or 74, he founded a group called the Organization for the Preparation of the New Age. Got it. Okay. At least you know exactly what that organization is for. Right? (laughs) There's no question. I wonder what they do. Oh, they prepare for the New Age. That's what they do. Okay, fair enough. Carry on. Uh, He and his followers lived on a commune. So we'll call that one cult number one. Two or three years later, apparently bored with this cult and other secret societies he had started, he began what we'll call cult number two in Switzerland. Did I just say Switzerland? You did. <laughs> I was going to go with it. I didn't mind it. It's like Disneyland. Yeah. Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay. Switzerland. It was called La Pyramid. In 1979, he started cult number three called the Golden Way Foundation. In 1982, a man came to this cult, the Golden Way Foundation, to lecture, and that man was Luc Jurey. LJ because I can't, okay. was born on October 18th, 1947, in what was then the Belgian Congo in Africa. In the 1950s, his parents decided that they should return to their home country of Belgium, where LJ went on to attend the Free University of Brussels and earned a medical degree. In 1976, two years after graduating Mel... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
1976, two years after graduating med... med what is that? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Third time's a charm. Let me you take got a deep this. In 1976, two years after graduating med school, LJ joined the paratroopers of the Belgian army. He, he, ugh. he did see some action, I mean, sames, and he participated in a mission to rescue Europeans in the Congo who were caught in the civil unrest. After his time in the army, he studied... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is it homeopathy? Yes. Because that's what I want to say. Is that how you that's say correct. it? correct. Okay. As far as I know, because it's homeopathic. Okay. So it should be, yeah. After his time in the army, he studied homeopathy and became a homeopathic physician. In the early 1980s, he established a practice in France near the Swiss border, then began lecturing throughout Europe and Canada on alternative medical practices and the paranormal. He, oh, scroll down too far again. Hold on. Okay. One of the groups that he lectured was the Golden Way Foundation. Which is a, one of those ambiguous names. What did the Golden Way Foundation do? Dun, dun, dun. They paved the ways golden. Continue ways. on. Ways to what? The ways. Like the stairway to heaven? Just the ways, yes. Okay. It's something I wanted to say, but now I don't remember what it was. Whatever. Okay. Oh, and I do want to say that we are leaving a lot out of this because there's already a lot. So <laughs> feel free to do more of a deep dive into this if it catches your fancy. There's a lot to the a lot. There's a lot to the a lot. Like already DeMombro has had some run-ins with the law and stuff over forged checks and stuff like that. And Of course they did. But if we go into all of that, it's it's just going to take forever. Okay. LJ and DeMombro quickly bonded over their shared beliefs, and together they founded the Solar Temple, which can be considered a combination of traditional initiatory occultism. Why is that so hard to say? With a belief in the coming new age. DeMombro mainly prepared rituals while the charismatic LJ continued to bring people into the group. The members LJ recruited from the Golden Wave Foundation that DeMombro started provided the core from which the Solar Temple grew. So he starts this one cult and was like, this one's not good enough. We're going to start another one, but y'all need to come over here. Yeah. He's stealing his own members. <laughs> yes. What, what is okay. happening? Okay. <laughs> In 1982, DeMombro had a daughter, Emmanuel. So we have no idea if this was with his first wife or if it's a new wife or... No clue. Who knows? Um, he saw his daughter as the cosmic being who would be the leader in the upcoming New Age. No pressure. <laughs> this is when he began choosing mates for people. He wanted them to have children who would be able to assist Emmanuel in her task for the future. There's, there's just so much. <laughs> Guys, okay, let's say you've joined a group. <laughs> if the person who's in charge of the group starts telling you who you can be with, go ahead and get just get out just just say no thank you and, and just go i couldn't imagine somebody trying to tell me who to be with get out of my face just no thank you i'm just I'm gonna okay. be with all of them so it doesn't matter <laughs> okay throughout the 80s the cult grew and lj and demamba became more in control originally they had preached that the world was on the brink of transformation and that they had to be ready for that now they began saying that the end of the world was on its way and they needed to be purified again they start preaching the end of the world and that you need to be purified. It's time to go. Okay. Tell them you left your curling iron on and and just get out. Okay. That's this is fair. I'm speaking specifically to you. Just so you oh, know. Oh, no. <laughs> but the world's going to end though. It's just, it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> Wait, there's more. So this purification would get them ready for their transit voyage 
which would help them get to the star Sirius and allow them to achieve spiritual transformation. Mm -hmm. They really should have hooked up with the Heaven's Gate cult. Right? You know, they could have all like gone together. They could have been friends. They could have had more chances for different mates and whatnot. Why don't they think this through? Sex wasn't allowed in the Heaven's Gate cult. Oh, They got like castrations and stuff. Oh, I never would have been a part of that. No, you certainly would not have been. Mm-mm. No, I don't like this cult. What you got? What else you got? Next. That's just when you hop over to this cult. <laughs> and they try to tell one. you who to be with. And you're like, never mind. You got, Where's my choice number three? <laughs> Who's got the most cheese? Who's got the most cheese? Because <laughs> you know the Heaven's Gate cult, their, their mass suicide happened on the same day as this case. March 22nd, 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. Okay. Maybe anyways. there's something to that, though. <gasps> I don't think so. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. So, also, as with any cult, there was the sex stuff. <laughs> so, and this is true of any cult, there's some kind of weirdness with sex associated. As with the Heaven Gates cult, it was the castrations. Nobody can have sex. Then you have the Children of God cult, where it was like, have sex with literally everyone, including children. So, no, thank you. No, thank you. It's just, it's just, it just, no. Um, so LJ began to have sex with female members of the cult because it evidently gave him power before his rituals. Now, <laughs> I don't. I mean, same. But <laughs> don't fight the power, Kelly. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to fight the power. That's literally my mo. Um, but what were the rituals? I have no idea. We literally could find nothing about what the rituals were. <laughs> he was just like, I need power. Somebody come do me. And then. <laughs> that was it. And everybody else was like, was, was like, but what about the rituals? Though? And he, he was like, no, I'm good now. Maybe later. <laughs> More people need to use that as a pickup line. <laughs> I need to do I a need ritual. the power come, come do me. me. <laughs> All right, I'm down another t-shirt okay all right so the cult also moved from switzerland to canada and they made uh, multiple splinter groups in uh, several places um however in the early 90s several of the members began to question demombro's authority okay so in 1991 a member left and began to complain that the group was a cult going as far as to bring a lawsuit against them then in 1993 LJ was arrested when he attempted to purchase illegal weapons. And for real, like, why does every single cult have all the weapons? They have well, sex and weapons. Se- <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, see, I saw, um, I watched a interview from way back in the day on CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation company, something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and one of the dudes said that all they had was a silencer for a gun, which is illegal in Canada. But okay. then other places said that they had... Too. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't buy guns. So, and then another place saw they said they had like they had purchased maybe three guns and two silencers. Either way, that's not a stockpile. <laughs> oh, well, what I saw was more than that. No, I, I know, but those, that's what I'm saying. Is this is a case? It's hard to find matching information because I anyways, also did why, see that they had a stockpile. Anyways, why place. do the Colts all have stockpiles of weapons? Because they know that they're doing wrong, and they're eventually something's gonna have to go down. Especially when you're preaching the end of the world. Eventually. You have to make good on your promise at the end of the world or your cult's going to be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, fair enough. Okay. (laughs) So all of this caused unwanted attention to be put on the cult. This caused quite a few members to begin to distance themselves from the cult, both financially and by way of lack of attendance. They had lost confidence in their order. 
1993, early 94, DeMombro felt that the public was not responding to his warnings of the coming new age and that it was best that he and his devout members drop out and move on to a higher dimension. So again, things are going his way. He's dipping out and starting over, essentially. I mean, same, but... But he doesn't, though. He goes in a different way. I wish he had it started over. I mean... He goes... It goes different. I can just picture him, though, like, stomping his foot. They're not listening to me! Right? (laughs) I told them! uh, It was coming, and they're not listening! I need to go somewhere else. I'm going to my room. I hate it here. (laughs) I hate cult leaders. Okay. Hot take. I hate cult leaders. I'm going to start a cult. The cheese cult. I'm not joining. (sighs) Okay, so this is when things really begin to fall apart. Tony Dutois was a member of the cult. His job in the group was to secretly create special effects for DeMombro's big shows, where he tried to prove that he could speak to spirits. Mm. Seems legit. In October of 1994, Tony, his wife Nikki, who was the babysitter of Emmanuel, DeMombro's daughter, and their son were all murdered. DeMombro felt that he had the right to tell couples when they could have a child and what that child's name would be. But Tony and Nikki did it their way and named their child Christopher Emmanuel. DeMombro was outraged at the name they chose because it was too close to his daughter's name. That always makes me think of, do you ever see those, the, they're like clickbait articles on, on Facebook that say ridiculous posts from mom groups. And um, one of the ones I saw was, can you change your daughter's middle name? Or can you change your dog's name? Because it's like my daughter's name. And <laughs> Oh my God. I hate people. DeMombro really comes off as a child. You can't name your son that because that's close to my daughter's name. I picked that name already. It was mine first. Uh-huh. I'm going to okay. name my child Riley. Riley would be thrilled. I would be confused and so would you. So, <laughs> Really, who are you punishing? Fair enough. So DeMombro also claimed that Christopher was the Antichrist because DeMombro had not been consulted on the birth or the name. Uh, also... Dutois at this point had left the cult. He was living on his own and he had told some of the members about his special effects that he did for DeMombro, which had is part of also what led to some people leaving the cult. The demise, like, yeah. He's he's full of crap. Which is true. Okay. So DeMombro set up a plan with two other members, Colette and Jerry Genois. Geno. I'm gonna go with Geno. DeMombro set up a plan with two of his other members, Colette and Jerry Genot, and Dominique Bellaton, who lived in Quebec near the Dutois. DeMombro sent a loyal member of the cult, Joel Egger, from Switzerland to help the couple. The couple and Dominique invited the family over for dinner, and as soon as they entered, they attacked. Tony was stabbed over 50 times, Nikki, Nikki was stabbed 14 times, and little Christopher was stabbed six times. He was then wrapped in a plastic bag and placed on a wooden stake. Like he was a vampire. Like, who does that? Just monsters, absolute monsters. There, there's no, no humanity in people like that. I don't know. I, I can't even. I don't know. He was three months old. That little baby was three months old. He Domin- didn't even know what his name was. No, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he can't. <sighs> okay. Yeah, just absolute trash. Just, uh, mm, yeah, it breaks my heart. Okay. The Genos set up timers to ignition devices to containers of gasoline and clean the house. Eventually, the house burned, which served two purposes. It cleaned up the crime scene and allowed the Genos to die by suicide. Good. Yep. So they're gone. So this After- is the... F- Wait, sorry. This is the first group of five that died. Okay. After this, DeMombro's son... Is it Eli? Yes. Okay. After this, DeMombro's son, Eli, spoke out against the cult. He called his father a charlatan and then caused 
and this caused a dozen members to leave the group because they all believe Eli was a child of destiny and the product of theogamy, which theogamy is a marriage of two gods. So you're okay. welcome for that. <laughs> me Riley's got Thor. one god as a parent. Hi, here I, I mean, am. I'm just kidding. Me and, me and Thor would be part of a thermo- theogamy, but you know, whatever. No. Um, wait, okay. what was the, what was the, do you remember the insult? Was it just charlatan? Yeah. Was it? Dang. I was thinking, what was it? Forensic whore. Forensic whore. <laughs> forensic whore. Okay. It's such a forensic whore. So not only was this a major blow, but by this time, LJ and Damamra began having differences about the future of the cult. But they did have one thing in common. They needed to begin to prepare for the transition into another world. All right. Let's pack our bags and go. No. On the mornings of... <laughs> but wait i forgot pd okay on the mornings of october 5th and 6th a total of 48 bodies of members were found in shieri and what what is that granges or salvin maybe they were found in two cities in switzerland Everyone assumed it was a mass suicide until the autopsies were performed. They showed that two had died of suffocation and 21 of them were given sleeping pills before being shot to death. There were 10 members found with plastic bags over their heads and there was plenty of evidence showing signs of struggles. So, no, this was not a mass suicide. It was murder. Yep. Eventually, it was determined that DeMombro and LJ were among the dead. I didn't see any of that. I could never figure out what happened to them. Yeah, I watched it. uh, And there's a link in the show notes, the CBC archives, where it's the Canadian news that was airing at the time. So at the time, an arrest warrant was still out for both of them. And then a few days later, they identified DeMombro through dental records. So then it became just LJ on the arrest warrant. And then a few days later after that, they discovered he was actually one of the dead, too. Okay. Eventually, it was determined that DeMombro and LJ were among the dead. In addition, Edgar and Dominique, who murdered the family, were also found along with DeMombro's 12-year-old daughter, Emmanuel. Which is heartbreaking. Y'all leave your kids out of cults. Right? In December of 1995, more than a year after the initial deaths, 16 more members were found in a burned-out chalet in the Swiss Alps. Chalet. What's a chalet chalet? What is that? It's like a fancy house. Why don't they just say house? You wrote it. Oh. <laughs> Why did you put that word in there if you didn't know what it was? <laughs> because I didn't know what it was, so I was just like, oh, okay, all right, I'll just pretend I know what this is. Okay, bye. You said shallot, like what you cut up and cook, like an onion. <laughs> shallot. They were farmers, leave me alone. Okay. Oh, that was awesome. Okay. They were arranged in a star pattern with their feet towards the ashes of a fire that had been burned out. And this brings us back to the beginning, the home of, what him name? I don't know. Didier Case, maybe? Okay. Which occurred more than three years after the first deaths. That brings the total number of people who died as a direct result of this cult to 74. So I think it's re- I, I think it's nuts that more than three years after the first deaths, the leaders are already dead. Yeah. They still felt the need to die by suicide. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, who, who continued the... Who's the leader now? I, can't, I don't know. I could not find anything about the cult for today. Other than there, there's like several places that says that it still exists. Yeah. It still exists, but there's no real information on it. Well, we'll get into that at the end. But this, I couldn't figure out. Because the top three guys died in the first fire. Yeah. And then a year later, more than a year later, 16 more people died by suicide. And then more mm-hmm. than three years later than the first death, five more people 
there's more. But obviously it yeah. wasn't as... So on that first fire, originally, apparently the parents set the fire or were planning to do an ignition type timer thing um, like the Dinwas did for their house and everybody in the house was mm-hmm. supposed to die and they did it on the 21st, I think, and it didn't work. And everybody was in the house, including the three teenagers that are, were eventually found alive. And then the second night, the teenagers figured out what they were trying to do and begged to be left. Like, I want to live. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So then they were allowed to live. So that to me indicates that like they were still under the brainwashing, but not as strong because at were least they, they let their kids survive. But they were given the sleeping pills though. So were they no, given but then the put pills out, in hopes? No, put out in the shed. Okay, but why give them the pills? So they wouldn't try. I, I don't know. I guess so they wouldn't try and put out the fire or so they wouldn't go tell anybody or so they couldn't stop them. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Well, I mean, yeah, but I don't understand <laughs> I mean, yeah. why if they like if the parents were like, OK, we're going to we're going to spare the kids lives. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're old enough to be like, OK, get out of the house. Go see you later. But why give them the pills and put them in a shed? I I believe that the parents gave them the pills and was like, OK, like y'all won't die. But here's here's some candy before bed. Have a good night. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think that would have worked because one of the kids was 17 years old. <laughs> Yeah, but they are also part of a cult and being brainwashed. Yeah, so I don't think that. of course they would believe that. I don't know. I think uh, if they had done that, then they would have just left them in their bedrooms. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm so confused. Okay, go ahead. I think they I'm just did it myself. so they, that they wouldn't be able to stop them. I mean, that's fair, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? In 2001, Michelle Dubachnik, mm. a former conductor okay. with the Canadian Opera Company, was accused of the 74 murders. Connector? Of- a former connector? Is that what I said? <laughs> Yeah. My bad. A former conductor. He did Legos. He connected them all. (laughs) That would be a fun job. Yes, please. A former conductor with the Canadian Opera Company was accused of the 74 murders of the Solar Temple members. During a nine-day trial in Grenoble, France, the prosecution failed to find a connection from Tabachnik to to Demombro, even though his name was discovered on a list of cult members that was found in Quebec. And... His first wife was one of the original victims. So he was acquitted of all chargers. Chargers? Mm-hmm. So he was, acqu- he was acquitted of all charges. <laughs> which Today, he seems to be a music director and chief conductor for the Brussels Philharmonic. Wow. He's got a website and everything. Wow. Yeah. It's all in French. So I couldn't really read it. But yeah, he's got... I bet he's the leader. I bet he's the current leader. <gasps> That's a good theory. Thank you. Because it doesn't look like that website's been updated for a couple of years. Because he's been doing the cult things. Okay, so apparently, what we're talking about is apparently the cult is still active. With a few hundred members in, I almost said Canada, in Canada, France, and Switzerland. So, let's not join it. Just, if that's on your list of potential things to do, look into. This one looks interesting. Just cross it off the list. No, thank you. Find another cult to join, like mine, with all the cheese. Or just don't join a cult, perhaps. But I want to be a cult leader. Okay, then you don't join a cult, you start a cult. I'm trying to. You won't let me. You can do what you want. I just said that I'm not joining. (sighs) Who wants to be a member? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Everybody don't jump in at once. (laughs) Who were you expecting to jump in? This is not a call-in radio show. (laughs) (laughs) She was actually offended for a minute, guys. I was waiting patiently. I'm past patiently waiting. I'm passionately smashing every expectation. What? What happened? You pressed something on your phone. Where is your face? It's right here. Oh, there it is. Okay. 
Okay, okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'm All ready. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. So now that we're done talking about the cult, let's talk about the kind of people that normally join a cult. We're going to play cult fact or fiction. <laughs> Playing best day every day. That's my impression of Joey doing the bamboozle thing in Friends. <laughs> I appreciate it. So I'm just going to give you a little true or false question or fact about the type of person who jo- joins a cult, and you tell me if you think it's true or you think it's false. All right, I'm ready. I'm so ready for this. I think you're going to do really good. All our listeners, you can listen along to. Let us know if you get them all right. Okay, so true or false? People who join a cult usually have a higher level of education. False. That's true. Oh. <laughs> I had too much faith in you. <laughs> you really did. Yeah. All right, next question. That that was just a, a warm up. Go ahead. Yes, right, they now tend we're really to be starting. All right, I'm ready. They tend to be at least college educated. So that one is true. Oh. Okay, so I'm true. <laughs> I'm going to say no, you're not. Between the two of us, I have a college education and you don't and you're far more likely than I am to join a cult. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. True or false? People who join a cult usually ha- come from a very strong spiritual b- background. True. <laughs> That's false. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> this is not going as planned. Not at all. <laughs> I really thought I'd have to tell you to pause and like give the listeners a second to think about it before you gave the right answer. <laughs> oh. Yes, they usually uh, come from a sort of a weaker spiritual background. Okay, true or false? <laughs> <laughs> so just say the opposite of what you think it is. <laughs> okay. People who join cults generally have higher financial success. True. That's true. Good job. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. Yes. Yeah, they yes. tend to have more money. Okay, true or false? Fact or fiction? People who join a cult are generally younger in age. True. That one's also true. Good job. Yes. And then true I'm or two false? Two for two. Two I mean, for two. Two, two, for, two four. for four. 50%. Two. Round up to 100, remember? <laughs> All right, we got one more. Nailed it. True or false? People who join cults generally have fewer time constraints. What? So they're not as busy in general. True. That true. is true. Okay. So you got 60%. Good job. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> The first two are really... Are you sure on the first two? No, I made it up. I love nothing more than making up cult facts. They have a higher education? Higher level of education, and they're a weaker spiritual background, so they're not real churchy or whatever, usually. I think... Here's my theories. I think it's the smart people who think they have all the answers, who can't figure out what happens when you die, or whether it's fate, or coincidence, or God, or all that, and they're looking for answers, so they join cults. Because, you know, in general, cults why wouldn't they just go to Why wouldn't they just go to church? Do you want to go to church? <laughs> no. No, thank you. I'm sure church is great for some people. I'm not the one that needs to go to church. I mean, <laughs> I probably need to go to church, but I don't want to. I don't, I don't like uh, this. I don't. Okay. I had on my Y'all Need Jesus shirt earlier, but I don't have it on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was our little episode of Cult Factor Fiction. Anyways, Hooray! I think it's because they're... Because, you know, cults don't start out as cults. They, In general, cults don't think, hey, you know what we're going to do? Let's become a cult. Right. Except I do think the solar temporal guy was like, we're gonna, I'm going to make a cult. <laughs> well, because he kept trying 18 I know. Years. And he's like, uh, this cult isn't working. I don't like this one. Let's do another. But I start do think over, it, in general, it doesn't start that way. So I think that's how people get suckered in. And then it's the staying thing that I have an issue with. I could see that happening. 
when All we right. talked about the giving out snacks and whatnot like i'm not okay <laughs> right? with no thank you all right so that was our episode of cult factor fiction that was fun we should do more of those thanks i didn't know i was gonna have a pop quiz hi can you give me a happy ending now i can certainly try okay in honor of the farce that is women's history month these both of our events today are women's history e so in 1638 religious descendant dissident <laughs> oh my gosh what is happening to my brain what is happening <laughs> religious dissident Anne hutchison was expelled from the massachusetts bay colony for having the audacity to preach to both men and women in her home what other relig- religious leaders at the time said it was promiscuous and filthy <laughs> how because dare she preaching the dirty slut <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i wrote this one out i wrote this when i was tired this is what i wrote (laughs) all right you can tell i was tired so when she was put on trial for this this is exactly what i wrote when she was put on trial for this she was like nah god told me it was cool and they were like yeah you've got to go (laughs) nah god told me it was cool and they were like nah you got to go Hold on. Hold on okay. I was so tired. So anyway, so she was like, I got a religious mandate from God. And they said, you're crazy. You got to go. So they banished her. So she moved to Rhode Island and then eventually to New York on Long Island Sound after her husband died. And she now has a highway and a river named after her in New York. Yes. Yes. Dirty slut. How dare you preach to men and women? Jeez. Is it because they didn't want them like in the same room or? That was like, part of it. And also I mean? a woman shouldn't be preaching to a man because then she thinks she's better than them. That's true. We are better than them. I mean, I'm not arguing. Okay, so in 1972, the U.S. Senate approved the Equal Rights Amendment, which stated equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. That sounds good, right? I have no idea what you just said to me. It says basically everybody has equal rights and they can't be denied because there's different genders. Yeah, that's the way it It should be. sounds great, right? No. It failed to be ratified by the requisite majority of 38 states before the deadline, and it's still technically not in effect, although 25 states have different similar amendments that they use. That's it. Half the states. Dudes suck. Why can't... We can't have anything. No. Not even a ton of our own bodies. We get periods. With the French toast. Give me birthdays. Okay. Birthdays usually go first. I was about to say, I usually start with birthdays, too. Sorry. It's okay. You (laughs) messed me up. It's all right. All right. So our birthdays today, we have actually two... Broadway legend birthdays today. So in 1930, we, and we've discussed him before, may he rest. Stephen Sondheim was born on March 22nd. Aww. May he rest. 1947, this one's strictly for your mother. James Patterson was born. She, <laughs> she loves James doesn't. Patterson. She does. I don't like him, but whatever. Happy birthday anyway. <laughs> Yay, happy birthday. Thank you for entertaining my mom. That sounds weird. Okay. That does sound weird. Sorry. Okay. Uh, 1948, Andrew Lloyd Webber was born. <gasps> I know him. Bom, 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 bom. It's my Phantom of the Opera. Okay. And then 1976, Queen Reese Witherspoon was born. Yes. I love her so much. You've got a baby in a bar. She's so freaking cute. She's fabulous. She's so happy birthday, is. Queen Reese Witherspoon. Happy birthday. Okay, so who caught your eye this week? Okay, so Mama and I go to the Gary Allen concert, right? Uh Uh-huh. And we're in the balcony, and this guy comes up, 
And he's like, uh, long story short, he's like, we got two extra tickets down like in second row. Do y'all want to come? And me and Mama are like, yes, please. <laughs> so we follow him and his name was Rusty. And all I could think about was Christmas vacation. And his wife's name was Cheryl. And he had his daughter. Um, I forgot her name, but she was so freaking cute. Like she was like early 20s. Oh, and had, I was like, thinking like a child. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like she was like a college student. Oh, OK. But like her face like her makeup was so cute and like she was just really like bubbly and happy and i just wanted to like hug her like she was freaking adorable so and that whole family her name <laughs> the whole family caught my eye and the daughter she had like her boyfriend with her uh-huh and they were like holding hands throughout the concert and stuff and it was just my heart was so warm and fuzzy it really was that's adorable that was a good story i know there's still good people in the, the world best. they i know that's what it was like it wasn't the fact that we got to be in the second row mm -hmm. it was the fact that like somebody like there's still people out there that are offering things to other people kindness yeah to be kind yeah they could have like held on to those tickets and sold them or um you said for snacks or just <laughs> sure but no they gave them away and i just i think that's incredibly amazing that is good job rusty and family rusty and cheryl yeah. and mysterious and daughter because when he told us about it, like, my first reaction was to, like, look at the people around us and be like, hey, do y'all want our tickets instead? But uh -huh. they were already in the same place. So I didn't <laughs> have anybody offer tickets. So I'm so sorry. Offer more seats. <laughs> here, you can have these seats as footrests. Thank you. Have a good day. Goodbye. You can put your purse here. Right? Use that as snack holders. Who yeah. caught your eye? So this week, Riley and... My friend Taylor and I went and saw The Lion King in Greensboro. It was so good. And the dude who played Mufasa was so hot. <laughs> Great. Now she thinks lions are hot. Perfect. No, he was so hot. And so it was doubly depressing when, spoiler alert, Mufasa died. And his name was Gerald Ramsey, if you want to give him a gook. Anyways, The Lion King was really, really, really good. And Riley loved it. She couldn't even talk after the show finished. And, you know, that's amazing because the child talks more than you do. What What does that mean? It means she talks more than you do. It was literally, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Just, yeah. Just, yeah. And he could sing and he had a great voice, like a talking voice. And the show itself was incredible. I highly recommend everyone go see it if it comes near you. And it was a Broadway touring company. I just want to wear the costumes. I want to be able to dress like a lion. I mean, you can do that anyway. Oh. But the show was really, really good. I highly recommend it. And he specifically was super hot. And it was really funny, too. We laughed a lot. And there were people in animal costumes coming down, like, aisles and stuff as part of the show. And it was just really good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see more professionally produced shows like that. You mean, like, what we're going to go see? Like, we're going to see Hamilton! <laughs> If y'all could see her face right now, it's really adorable. It's bright red, and I have. Sorry. Oh, hey, what are you bright? <laughs> you just took me out of my happy place. But I am your happy place. You're not. Mm -mm. I'm sorry. You're my stress place. <laughs> so after after our week in Fairfax, with like I was with Angie and Justin like 24 seven. Mm -hmm. Um, I texted them. I texted them, and I was like, "Thanks for taking care of me. Like I know I'm a handful. Sorry." Okay, love you both. Bye. <laughs> you're several handfuls. <laughs> All the handfuls. You're 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 more akin to a basketful, or perhaps a knapsack. <laughs> um, you know those those big 
luggage sets you're you're like the biggest luggage set <laughs> you're the whole set actually <laughs> all three. Oh, plus that I mean, little carry-on <laughs> i mean i just i make friends easily people always want to come up and talk to me and stuff like that and it's it's just hard i'm a lot to handle it's hard for those of us around you who are introverts i'm an introvert no you are not <laughs> I, I don't even be. think extrovert is a strong enough word for you. <laughs> <laughs> what You're an you extra mean? extrovert. You're an over-the-top bird. Whatever. No. This makes me sad. How do you think I feel? Because <laughs> introvert's ever... not a strong enough word for me. Are you ever sorry I'm your best friend? <laughs> Only when you talk to people. <laughs> That's not true. I'm very glad you talk to people so I don't have to. You're welcome. That's why we work. See? You got to yes, keep but, that in mind. But then when you talk to people and it's uncomfortable, you don't necessarily always feel comfortable just walking away. So then you have me to be rude for you. Yes. Be like, we got to go. Okay. Yes. Why, why am we, I like that though? That's why we work. I was thinking about that the other day and how I am. I am like that. Like I mm-hmm. have a really hard time telling people like, okay, see you later. Like I. And I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. I don't. Like, I okay, bye. Like I got things to do. Shoot. I need that in my life. Oh, Hi, here I life. am. <laughs> <laughs> Been here for Heck 18 yes. years now. Almost. Oh my god. No, gosh. 18 years. We had this yeah. conversation already. A grown adult. What are we going to do um, for like our 20th anniversary? This is the longest relationship I've ever been in. It will be the longest relationship you're ever in. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of like your blood family. I mean, yeah. That That doesn't count though. I mean, it counts, just in a different way. Yeah. Because you don't choose those relationships. Although a lot of them are great, you don't choose them. So I chose you, though. I know. I chose you. We should write a musical about our friendship. That'd be hilarious. (laughs) It would be... It would be something. It would be hilarious. (laughs) It all began. It had some very sad moments in it, though. (laughs) It would be the random sad moments of the show where people are laughing. They're like, oh, wait. Oh, no, that's not good. (laughs) Uh uh-uh. no we don't like that one we don't like that partner thank you don't like that scene Mm-mm. no i mean i think i think our relationship has been fairly happy yes no I'm, yeah i wasn't talking about our relationship i was talking about the things in our lives well yeah we had some very sad stuff in our lives we could do like a double autobiography is that a thing i would rather just i don't know i don't see why not It'd be more like a memoir of our friendship we each have our own little introduction we just give a little backstory about our childhoods and they would our lives didn't begin until our friendship. Because <laughs> our narrator's going to be British. Because <laughs> that just fits in. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a friendship for the ages. Why is this so accurate? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this makes me so happy. <laughs> what is happening? Can you stop burping into the microphone, please? Because you're leaning forward to do it. You don't ever let me do anything. I don't let you burp into the microphone. You're right. That's so rude. Where else am I supposed to burp? Any other time you're like, get into the microphone, I can't hear you. I don't want to hear a burp. Maybe other people do. Nobody wants to hear your nasty burp. Maybe they do. No. How do you know? Okay, how about this? For this, for don't this kink particular, shame, Kelly. For this particular moment, I don't want. I don't care if they want to hear it or not. I don't want to hear it. Stop kink shaming. To edit. It's not a kink. It's nasty. How do you know it's not a kink? Go to your local, local sex shop if you need a burp. Okay. <laughs> you beat me on my own game. All right. Touche.
from March 22nd, 1997. Hooray! Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date With Murder and on Facebook at A Date With Pod. Bye! Love you, miss you, bye! Love you, miss you, bye, rude! <laughs> I just tried to sign off a lot doing that, guys. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hugs and kisses! High fives and handshakes. Okay, bye! Bye! The, uh, well, actually, about 15 minutes before I was fixing to leave yesterday, a lady we're right next <laughs> what to... What just happened to you I'm just now? Sorry, I don't know. There's, I'm trying to figure out the story. My brain is so tired. It's like your whole body just like reset real quick. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. I need to make a dream catcher. Okay, you do that. But I need, I need stuff. Like what, honey? <laughs> the stuff like motivation the hoop, the hoop and the and the um you know the the stuff to to like weave it or whatever i need feathers but i don't want to get near birds you don't actually go pluck a feather from a bird <laughs> <laughs> they sell them at craft shops <laughs> I see, see you in a parking lot chasing a bird <laughs> you keep your feathers i don't want to get closer thank you goodbye i hate it here <sighs> Um, I need feathers. <laughs> Just tell your mom you need feathers. She'll get you some. <laughs> Our idea sucks. <laughs> Whose idea was this? Ours. Oh. Joint effort. Whoops. Much like our best friends, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Who would play me, though? You. Who would play you? No. <laughs> me. Oh, no. <laughs> There's no way I could do. That's too much. You play me and I'll play you. <laughs> I'll just sit over here with like a scowl on my face reading a book, a book. And like I hate everybody <laughs> and a cup of coffee Nailed I hate it. You've everyone got the, you've got the part <laughs> <laughs> nailed it Kelly is that actually you meanwhile I'll be you holding my phone in a snack <laughs> hey hi guys hey hey you want to be friends you want a snack wait you got a snack I can have a snack I gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> stop <laughs> can we can we get the corn dog nigga nugget what I don't know what you're saying, but my answer is yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I wasn't, I couldn't remember if this case was airing this month or if it was next month. <laughs> time is so weird. Okay, so. <laughs> Why is time? I've been telling you this.